0: Hello, you're listening to the Life's Too Short podcast with me, Sarah McGinn. I believe that grief has the power to change your life forever. Your beliefs, your desires, your motivators, your purpose. And I want to speak with people who've also experienced great grief in their lives. What can we learn from people who have lived through the unimaginable? How do we ensure that we're making the most of our time here? Because as we all know, life is too short. My mum, Anne, died in October 2020 of breast cancer. The grief has been more painful, more traumatic, more life-changing than I could have anticipated. I was also nine months pregnant when my mum died and gave birth just a week later to my daughter, Annie. I literally never could have imagined that was what life had in store for me. Over the past 12 months, I have seriously considered what life is actually about, what's important to me, where do I want to focus my time and energy, where do I want to go, what is my path in life now. And when the inevitable happens, which it will, but hopefully many, many, many years down the line, will I be satisfied with how I spent my time here? Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to say that this episode deals with fertility loss and baby loss and might not be suitable for everyone to listen into.
1: I remember thinking, some people get 70 years and some people don't even get a day. Yvonne, what are you going to do with your life?
0: On today's episode of Life's Too Short, I speak with Yvonne Trakian on her journey through loss and fertility. Yvonne is a corporate lawyer by day and an entrepreneur in all the other areas there is. Her new company, Pause Penny, is a range of simplified mindfulness products that focus on gratitude and manifestation practices. She's also a mum of four, but at the time of this recording, she was still pregnant with her twins, who arrived safely on Christmas Eve 2022. Yvonne speaks so openly and so honestly about her journey through grief. And how she channeled that grief into creating her new business. If I had to sum up this interview in one word, it would be courageous. Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us here today on the Life's Too Short podcast. I know it's not always easy to be so open and to talk about grief. And so I'm so glad that you have joined us here today.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. I am delighted to be on.
0: To start off, I would really like kind of in your own words to tell us and tell the listeners about your story with Polly.
1: Okay, so in January of 2020, I got pregnant with a little girl. I had just had one child who was a year and a half. And I just thought it was meant to be. I had a boy. I had this feeling that it was going to be a little girl. I was just on a high because I had had... You know, a long journey prior to that, before I had my son, I had three missed miscarriages. And I remember going for a walk with my husband and my son, and I was pregnant. And I said, you know, there's nothing that I want. I have a great relationship with my husband. I've got a healthy little boy. I'm pregnant with a little girl. I just started a new job as head of legal and operations for a tech startup, which is exactly what I had wanted to do. I was so happy. But as I got closer to our anomaly scan, I said to my husband, I'm just not sure. I'm just, I'm just worried. And he's on kind of a gut instinct and Mm -hmm. intuition, but he's more logical. So he's like, well, why do you feel like that? Like, tell me, are you bleeding? Is there something that's going on? But I just knew. And then a couple nights before I went for the scan, I had this dream and the dream literally played out exactly how it happened. So it was during COVID. Wow. I was going for my anomaly scan. She said, how are you feeling? And I was like, you know, I'm just a little bit nervous. I've had three missed miscarriages before I'm not feeling that much movement and uh, she said oh look it's probably where your placenta is don't worry about it so get up on the bed there and we'll take a look when you go for the anomaly scan you have a huge it's not like the little screen it's a huge Mm -hmm. one in front of you so you can see so I was just laying on the bed and I looked at the screen and I just knew I knew she was just totally still and I was like I, I just said, I was like, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And and she said, I I don't see a heartbeat. And I was like, oh my God, like your heart just drops. And she said, I'm going to call in your doctor. And remember, I'm alone. Like my husband's yeah. not with me because... Because yeah, this is of,
0: right in the middle of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So this was May. So I was t- 21 weeks pregnant, May of 2020. May 25th. I don't think you'll ever forget these mm-hmm. dates. My doctor came in and she said, can I just have a little check there? And she said, oh, Yvonne, I think the cord looks a little bit chunky. It was just a rare, rare, rare cord incident. Like that happens till like 0.01%. Oh you know, gosh. it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. And then next It's hard, I think, to remember exactly what happened. I know my husband was called in. He came in and my doctor said to me, okay, Yvonne, you now have to take this pill. And it's so funny what you remember when you go back because I remember I took the pill and she said, it's gonna like reduce your hormones. And literally it was like my bump just went flat. And that was so sad to me because you're pregnant, you have this bump and all of a sudden you don't look pregnant at all anymore and then she said okay now you're gonna have to give birth to Polly and like I was on a different planet I I was like am I gonna have a DNC which is effectively what I had had for my miscarriages where you go to theater and they kind of put you under and they take out Uh, the baby and she was like no Yvonne your baby is a baby it has bones like we can't have a DNC and I was like oh right okay I'll have a section then a c-section was like no Yvonne I'm I'm afraid you have to give birth to the baby but logically it makes total sense I mean Mm -hmm. a c-section is is surgery and they're not going to give you surgery for a baby that's not alive when there's no You know, the baby's not in jeopardy or the mother's life is not in jeopardy, which makes absolute total sense. But so then she said, OK, to come in two days later. So I came in two days later on the 27th. Even though it was during COVID, they did allow my husband to come in. But ultimately what happened was they said it's going to take some time, you know, to go through the labor. So I sent my husband home to put my son to bed. So and I just ended up having her on on my own and then uh like a midwife came in and she cleaned up and she put a little gown and a dress on her and it was hard because I was in a private room but I could hear moms giving birth I could hear babies crying and you're you know you've got to give birth to a baby that's not alive and then what happened to me was um after you give birth um you're usually oblivious to the fact that your placenta comes out and but your body is still contracting so it needs to contract Mm -hmm. to get the placenta out but you usually have this beautiful baby in your arms so you're just overcome with joy so you don't really notice it but because I had no baby to hold I could still feel the contractions, and the placenta wouldn't come out. Oh my gosh! And so they said, "We're going to have to take you to theater if this doesn't come out." Wow. Uh, but it was just that uh, another level of like, oh, of course, everything was toppling down mm-hmm. on me. I was left out of hospital. Then the next day, but the team in the hospital were just absolutely super. They were amazing.
0: Yeah. So yeah. That is just so important to hear that story and I feel so much for you to have lived through not only three mis- miscarriages and then the loss of Polly, like these are the, when you are pregnant, these are the biggest fears that you have and you've had to go through something so, so traumatic in the space of a few years and it's just incredibly difficult. So you're, you've had Polly, you've left the hospital, you've gone home how are those next couple of weeks and months? I know grief is, you know, I suppose a lot of people think grief is just uh, purely mental, but there's such a physical aspect of it as well. And maybe could you describe maybe those first couple of months of your grieving experience?
1: So initially, it started off when I came home as just like shock. And a month later, this is when it really got, I think, quite. Bad for me, my lowest time, I ended up hemorrhaging and having to go back into the hospital. And that was worse going back to the hospital one month later than the birth. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because when you initially lose someone or you're, you're just in kind of a state of shock but I think your yeah. body you're almost in this like adrenaline of okay okay I have to get through this I have to get through this and your mind and your body can almost get through it but a month later you've had time to process yeah. what has actually happened to you so to be back in the hospital I was just so low because there's always you know like when people are lose someone there's always these places that will remind them of what's happened or yeah. you know that'll bring back the memories but i had to go to theater so where you have your c-section to have a dnc um oh because of the hemorrhage and this and is I remember, by yourself as well and this is by myself wow. again and this was i was so low i remember i was in a booth and there was a woman beside me i couldn't see her but i could hear her I could hear the doctor saying, Oh, you're going in, you're going in to have your third boy. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. And I was just like, Oh God, you know? And then this, uh, doctor came up to me. There, there was a nurse in with me taking my details and, uh, she came, she just popped her head into the room. It wasn't my doctor. And, and, and uh, the nurse had said to her, Oh, this is a uh, doctor. Um, Coolie's patient and she said oh good luck mm-hmm. and i thinking that I was going in to have a section yeah and it was the first time in my entire life that I ever thought which is a sad thing to think but like I just thought if anything happens to me in there I just don't care I didn't think about anybody else like I didn't think mm-hmm. well you have a son at home you've got a husband at home but it was the first time that I just thought if I don't make it out of here I actually
0: I don't care. It sounds like, was that the lowest point of of, of how you were feeling and and, and in your grief that you were just like, I just, I just can't do it anymore.
1: It was just absolutely the lowest point. It was so low because you have to remember as well that like, I had had three miscarriages before. Now Mm -hmm. I had another loss of a baby, but it was after that point that I decided to get a little bit of grief counseling. Yeah. Um, and a little lifetime foundation is a charita- charitable foundation that gives you grief therapy. And I just had two sessions. I felt like it was kind of all that I, that I needed because I had already started on my path of like going back to things that I loved, my gratitude practice boxing. I got a yoga teacher to the house but I had two sessions and we agreed. I was like, I think you're okay. Not Not you're okay with the grief, but like you're taking all the right things, doing all the right steps to get you through the grief. But what really happened was when I got I got pregnant two months later mm-hmm. with a little girl, um, Penelope. And I would describe myself as the type of person that's like, okay, you need to you need to get on with it. You need to take control. You just you just need to get a grip of yourself in some ways. And when she was about five months old, I remember we were in Portugal and my husband was asking me like, why are you so, like we're here for a month. We're supposed to have an amazing time, but you're not that happy. But what was happening was after the loss of Polly, I kept having these recurrent nightmares about mm-hmm. losing another baby. Yeah, and they just wouldn't stop. And and you know, the impact of your dreams, like they can actually, yeah. you wake up and you're like, oh my God, they feel so real that mm-hmm. they just flatten you. But messaged the grief therapist again, and I said, can we have another session? And I told him everything that had happened since Polly with Penelope and her pregnancy, which was one of the most challenging mentally, uh, given the, the loss beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I just let it all out and I just told him everything. And I had said, like, I'm just having these recurrent nightmares. And he said, before you go to bed every night, I want you to journal. I want you to write down your story from the very beginning and let it all go. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that and sure night one passed night two passed night three passed and I never did the journaling because I tend to do my own things and like by the time it's bedtime I'm like it's bedtime yeah but the the nightmares disappeared like so whether I was going to speak it to somebody like a therapist or I was going to journal it Mm -hmm. I think the fact that I let it all out and I let it all go the nightmares
0: just they just stopped I think there's a misconception that grief is super linear and that you like go through these stages and you kind of get to a point, and apparently there's acceptance, which, you know, I don't fully believe in myself, but it's not. You're like what you were saying there about being on holiday in Portugal, thinking that, you know, like I have Penelope now and I'm kind of further. Like, should I still be feeling this grief? But like, it's something I feel that kind of always lives with you and comes up at different moments or at different reminders. um, And it's something that's just consistently there with you.
1: I agree that like things can pop up at different times and with grief as well. I think it's so interesting what you remember and what you forget and I remember the way the nurse looked at me and looked at Polly. I remember how great my doctors were. But I also remember, I think when you're going through grief, you can be totally distracted. Like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, like your mind just wanders. You're distracted. It's like when you're driving home and from somewhere and you get home and you're like, geez, how did I get home? Yeah. You know, that that sort of, but I had lots of moments of like going into a coffee shop and buying coffee or, and flowers for uh, Polly's grave and thinking they have no idea that these flowers are for a grave.
0: Absolutely. And I feel that same way now. Like when I meet new people now, whether it's I'm in a shop or getting my hair done or something like that, it will just pop into my brain that this person doesn't know my mom. This person doesn't know what yeah. happened. This person will never know my mom. And that's all I can think about then. From the outside, you could be looking at someone and they seem completely fine. But you have no idea what's going through their head or what, or, or what they have been going through.
1: Like, I've never been a person to really sweat the small stuff, but I mm-hmm. really don't now. Yeah. I mean, like, the dart line comes down. I'm not like, oh, God, I didn't get across. Or you're waiting in line at the supermarket and someone's slow. If you're getting uptight over those things, like, I just let them go. And I also... Yeah. Recognize that if other people are maybe a little bit rude to me, Mm
0: -hmm. I just say, I don't know what they're going through. Time for a really quick break. This episode is proudly brought to you in partnership with new mindfulness brand, Pause Penny. Their gratitude and manifestation products help to simplify your at home mindfulness practices. Over the last year, I really started to think about my own wellness. But to be honest, mindfulness was not something I'd ever really thought about. It's not something that I considered for myself. But what I love about the Pause Penny Gratitude Packs is that it allows me that time to focus, to take a break and think about what brings me joy in the everyday. And that's something I really needed. So if you have been looking to invest in your mindset, invest in your positivity in 2023, then head to pausepenny.com or check them out on Instagram at pause.penny. Now back to the chat. You mentioned there, like you don't sweat the small stuff as much, but how do you feel that the grief that you've been through over your miscarriages and over losing Polly, how do you think that has changed you, kind of your life, your life path? And do you feel it has changed it?
1: Oh, I think grief has been absolutely the greatest teacher. My background is I'm a corporate lawyer. The intention has always been, oh, I'm going to be chief legal officer, general counsel of a company someday, going to make it to the top. That's always kind of been in my mind as my path. And then, When all of this happened, I just started to ask myself the questions, but why? Why do you want to make it to the top? Like, is that going to actually make you happy? It gave me so much more perspective about what's important. And Mm -hmm. Holly was buried on June 5th, which is my dad's birthday. But on that particular year, it was his 70th birthday, And I remember thinking, some people get 70 years and some people don't even get a day. Mm -hmm. Yvonne, what are you going to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Now, I'm still a corporate lawyer and I love what I do. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest things was I just thought to myself, what are you going to regret if you don't do? I felt like when I was going through... Grief, it can be quite lonely. Like your family and your friends and everybody, of course, they love you, right? And they yeah. want to make sure you're okay. But at the end of the day, you have to dig yourself out of that kind of grief hole because everybody has their own life to lead. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, why don't you do what you want to do? Because nobody is going to bed at night thinking, I wonder, is Yvonne fulfilling her dreams you know so i just like got to the conclusion of yvonne nobody cares what you're doing and if they do care like they might care for five minutes and then like it's next they're too busy to care about what you're doing so why do you care about what people think that you might do Mm -hmm. so just do it and that's how i had started a pause penny and i i just thought that like if i don't do it i'll regret it And I'd rather try and fail than never try at all.
0: How soon after Polly passed did this kind of feeling hit you about, this is Yvonne before, this is what she cared about, this is what she wanted to do, but this is me now and this is how how I want my life to play out now?
1: It was almost immediate. And the reason why I say that is because I felt like I had learned so much from my miscarriages. It's like they almost prepared me for this bigger event in my life Mm -hmm. because my husband says to me, like, if I could go back in time, it would just be just before we got married and we were just so happy, so in love. Life was great because once the miscarriages started, I spent the next three years wishing for a baby, wanting a baby. Every holiday was like consumed in my mind about having a baby but what it taught me was that I wasted not wasted because I don't I don't like to say I have regrets because I think you learn a lot from them but I spent so much time wishing and wanting I didn't enjoy the time as a newly married person mm-hmm. like I wasn't able to let go of the fact that I just wanted a baby.
0: yeah. So
1: after the loss of Polly, it was like a, a quick realization that, okay, Yvonne, you have a small boy. You are not going to spend the next couple of months or the next year not getting out of bed in the morning, missing his special moments. And I'm not, like, I still think we have to grieve in our own way, mm-hmm. but you have to take responsibility of getting yourself out of this grief hole because the biggest lesson that I learned is no matter how sad you are it's not going to change what has just happened she's not coming back so you've just got to find a way to move forward and I didn't want to spend the next few months or a year like I said of my son's life just being sad and depressed Mm -hmm. because I look back on that time that I had with my husband and I think oh, I wish I could have just let go a little bit.
0: I think the strength in what you've been saying just there is incredible. It takes so much to have gone through what you went through. I'm just going to bring it to the last question now and it's all around purpose. We've obviously touched on it briefly here, and I know you've set up your new business, Paul's Penny, but what do you think the purpose of your life is now?
1: First and foremost, I just want to give other people a little bit of hope Mm -hmm. around pregnancy and loss and how quickly your life can change for the better if you don't give up. Mm -hmm. I also think part of my purpose is to just with like, for example, with pause Penny is to create an awareness around the accountability that we need to take for ourselves Mm -hmm. and the importance of your mindset and gratitude. That's how pause Penny was kind of created was I had this gratitude practice and I was writing all these things down. And when I went through the loss after Polly, I couldn't write 10 things down. I wasn't grateful for 10 things <laughs> every day. Yeah. And I just found finding that one thing to be grateful for set my mind into a more positive space. Mm-hmm. Because when you're going through a tough time, that's when it's hardest to be grateful for, for what you have.
0: You're so right, right? When you are going through whatever type of journey it is, whether it is trying for a baby or grieving the loss of a loved one, like these are intense things that are happening in your life. But you can get get help from around you, from friends, family, from professionals. But actually you have to bring it back down to your own mindset. And not that it needs to be like gung-ho, fully growth mindset, I'm going to do this. But to even to be able to take... One piece of whether it's gratitude or positive thinking on a daily basis to really focus your own mindset I think that's so important for people and at certain points in your journey that's not going to help because you're you're too in it but yeah bringing it back to that mindset and your own personal mindset is so important is there one thing that you wish you'd known before you went through all your grief so a mantra, a way of living, uh, a specific affirmation that you kind of live to every day? Is there something that you do now that you wish had been part of your life before?
1: After I had Polly, I got pregnant quite quickly with Penelope two, Mm -hmm. two months later. And I remember I was spotting. So I thought, I was miscarrying again, and I absolutely nearly had a breakdown because it was just so soon after the loss. And we went down to Kerry, I cried from Dublin to Kerry. Oh but God. the next day, we went to Dingle, and I went into the shop and I found this little keychain, and it said, This too shall pass. And I think for me, that is the key to both good and bad. Like mm-hmm. the good times pass. And the bad times pass. That's not to say that you'll forget. Like, I still sleep with Polly's blanket at night. I still think about her every single day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But knowing that you will get through it is probably key. But there's another one that now it's the complete opposite that I don't believe in, which is everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I used to think like, oh, yeah, everything happens for a reason, you know, but like I no longer think that. No, no, no. bad things just can happen. I don't think there's any particular reason that someone loses their mom at a young age or someone loses their baby or someone gets diagnosed with cancer. I think there can be some great lessons learned or what people talk about post-traumatic growth Mm -hmm. after them. But I definitely have lost one kind of mantra of everything happens for a reason and and replaced it with this too shall pass.
0: Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us here today. Obviously, there's so much difficulty in the stories that you tell and so much sadness in the grief, but it's been so inspiring to hear how you've come from one side to another side. And I really just want to thank you so much for sharing that story with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Life's Too Short podcast. You can follow us on Instagram under Life's Too Short podcast to keep up to date on new releases. If you've enjoyed listening, I would ask that you like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. It really helps us as a new podcast. And before I go, just some final words to leave you with. Life is precious. It's a privilege. It is too short. Don't waste it. So adding the small stuff.